0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health
1: insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to Athlete Diaries on Over-The-Top Cycling, Boulder, Colorado. I'm your host, George Thomas. And on the line with us, Team Jelly Belly's Gavin Mannion. Gavin, thanks very much for taking the time to visit with us today.
2: Hey, George. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot for having me on.
1: Now, I do want to recap a little bit of the U.S. Pro Challenge. We checked in with you, I believe it was after stage four. Um, what happened at the end of the race? How did it go for you? Um,
2: it went well. Ended up finishing fourth overall. I'm not sure. I think that's probably where I was the last time we talked. Yes. Um, yeah. So the last two, last two stages of the race didn't really have any GC shake-ups. Still pretty hard stages, but kind of finished in bigger fields than the earlier four stages. So, yeah, definitely happy with how the week played out. Jelly Belly ended up with two guys in the top five, and it was a super fun week. We had great staff and just an awesome group of guys. So, yeah, it was it was really fun.
1: You know, what a showing for Jelly Belly. I was talking with a coach. Uh, we were doing a regular check-in as well, and he said it was just fantastic to see Team Jelly Belly uh, really, being so aggressive and going after it, uh, did you come into the race with that philosophy?
2: Um, no, not exactly. Um, I think kind of came into Utah and Colorado, hoping for hoping for a top ten in both or either one of those two, and I would have been pretty happy with that result. but yeah, Lachlan and myself were both riding really well by the time Colorado came around, and both just like having a really good time being on on such a fun team and uh i think we kind of just fed off each other's energy and ended up racing way harder and way better than i think either of us really expected coming into the week
1: so new team this year what's it been like racing with jelly belly
2: uh, it's been cool yeah it's been uh it's been a good year for for myself and for the whole team and yeah, it's, it's great to be on jelly belly we have i mean i the longest-running continual sponsorship in cycling, I think, being the 16th year. I was going to say, so, I
1: think it's 16 years now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Danny has done a pretty amazing thing there, and um, we have quite the fan following just from being around for so long and having so many different riders have come through come through the program. So every time we show up to a race, you know, there's fans that have been following the team way before me or anyone else on the team was ever on there so it's really cool to see that and we have a good connection with even people who have no idea what cycling is when they see a big team bus covered in jelly beans little kids and their parents get super excited so that's always fun at the bigger races.
1: I've got to say you've got to be one of the most exciting teams out there for the fans even when we were on training rides I I spoke with Danny and he said you guys are supposed to be carrying packets of beans with you
2: yeah um yeah definitely we're probably the fan favorite at every race we do It's funny even at like Tour of California all the team buses kind of park in the same area and sky and the big teams will have uh, a decent amount of fans around their bus and stuff because they're they're leading the race so all the all the big fans are there to see the important riders but our line of fans is normally about double the size and it's not really people who are huge into cycling. They're just stoked to see the Jelly Belly brand. So, yeah, it's awesome.
1: So, when I first met you a couple of years ago, uh, wow, it's like three seasons ago now, you were on uh, the Bontrager Livestrong team, and how has your career grown from there? Um, I know last year, you actually became very famous for a crash that took place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's probably my claim to fame, I guess. <laughs> uh,
1: and then at the end of last year, um, looking for a team, how did it work out that you ended up with Jelly Belly?
2: Uh, yeah. So, you know, the past few seasons, it's kind of been an up and down ride, a little bit of a roller coaster, but that's, I guess, that's the way cycling goes and professional sports in general. Um, See, so yeah, I finished out my U23 career on the Livestrong team did four years on Axel's program, and uh, had some pretty good results at the end of that, and was really hoping to, to move to the World Tour, and a few of my teammates were able to do that, um, but it ended up not really working out, and uh, it was a really tough market and everything that year. So, I uh, ended up starting last season with 5-Hour Energy and Frank, Frankie um Frankie Andreu was our director there on 5-Hour Energy, and, um, yeah, I had a really rough start to the season last year just with a lot of crashes and injuries and illness and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it was probably the worst three or four months I've had racing a bike as far as getting results and stuff like that. And uh, But, yeah, luckily enough, in the second half of the year, things started – Started to turn around, and I ended up being able to stagiaire with Garmin, and did uh, Utah, Colorado, and Alberta with those guys, which was a pretty amazing experience. We won, we won Tour of Utah, the first race I entered with the team, so that was that was really cool, and that's where I had my spectacular crash into a snow pole that uh, gained me a few hundred Twitter followers. So I guess that was. Maybe a positive. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> didn't feel like it at the time, but uh, yeah, it's pretty spectacular crash and got some good hits on YouTube and stuff like that. Finished out the season with them, and then with the merger with Cannondale and stuff like that, a lot of a lot of even established riders on the team were having difficulty getting jobs. So again, I was. Uh, I was forced to move back to the continental level starting this year. And, uh, yeah, that's when I talked with Ian, uh, sounded like he had a good program going and a really good team atmosphere, which is something I was looking for. Something I kind of missed since, uh, since being on the Bontrager team. So yeah, with the Mortons coming on board and a few, uh, a few guys that had already been on the team, Jacob Rathy was my teammate a little bit as a junior. So, uh, Pretty excited starting this season with Jelly Belly, and yeah, ever since training camp, things have just gotten better and better, and we've raced better and better as a team and had a good time on and off the bike, so yeah, I have no complaints about how this season has been going.
1: Remember, We were so excited when you got onto Garmin last year, and when I saw the merger taking place, I was like, oh no, this is going to be tough to survive, and, and then saw you picked up by Jelly Belly. And it's been amazing to see the season you guys have had. This has been like one of the best years, results-wise, that Jelly Belly's had, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. Once I knew the merger was coming about, I kind of lowered expectations for trying to make it back onto Garmin. But yeah, been really excited to being a part of this Jelly Belly season this year. It's kind of like, um, you know, we've been for a small budget small American team with a lot of young riders and showing up to the huge races with all the world tour teams and stuff like we've been able to compete at the front end of every bike race we've done this year and yeah it's been it's been really fun and a great great group of guys and Danny and Maddie Rice have been uh, awesome to direct us and everything like that so yeah it's been a super fun year and proud to be a part of what we've done
1: when talking with Danny in the past Jelly Belly is really there to groom riders for a career in bicycle racing and uh, I know they put a lot of emphasis on your work with the media and um, can you kind of walk us through what it was like for you to go through um, the first real camp that you guys had I think that's back in February
2: Yeah yeah it's um it's interesting Jelly Belly is Kind of like a, almost, Danny treats it almost a little bit like a development team, even though it's not necessarily 18- or 19-year-old riders. But, um yeah, definitely we do a lot of media stuff, and we had some of the people from the Jelly Belly Corporation down at our camp in uh, Carlsbad, California, in February, and we had one full day where it was just sitting down, going through PowerPoint presentations, doing, like, mock interviews and getting them back and going over them with uh, with people who do this for a living. So that was a pretty pretty interesting day. It was almost like having a real job, just uh, <laughs> sitting inside and, and not riding your bike for five hours or something like that. But yeah, it was actually... We were all pretty tired at the end of it, but I think we, we gained a lot. We had personal printout of, like, things to work on and stuff and had uh, had like examples of really good and really bad interviews. So, yeah, it was definitely like I've learned a ton this year on and off the bike with Jelly Belly.
1: And what are your plans now uh, coming up for the rest of the year? You've got Tour of Alberta, I believe?
2: Yep. Uh, basically just two races left. Tour of Alberta here starting next Wednesday and uh, the TTT World Championships in Richmond at the end of September, so training is uh, essentially done with all the all the racing taking place over this past month. So I'm back home in Austin right now for about a week, just riding pretty easy and hoping to recover before Alberta.
1: Now, how do you prepare for the Team Time Trial Championships, and um, how were you selected for that?
2: Um, ideally, you would spend a lot of time with the other five guys
1: on the team doing
2: tons of, (laughs) tons of practice efforts on a, on a course that'd be somewhat similar to, to the race because it is, it is an event where practice makes perfect and it's pretty, pretty technical. And you could have a group of six super strong guys, but still, uh, you know, pace it wrong or not be super smooth in the, in the transitions and lose a lot of time that way. But um, with all the racing we've had and just all the logistics and everything like that, it doesn't, I don't think we're going to have time to put a full camp together. But a uh, tour of Alberta starts with a TTT. So I imagine the day before, two days before, we'll be doing some practice efforts. And then the race itself at Alberta will be a little bit of training for, for the world championships. So might not be the ideal prep, but you know, we're going to go out there and give it our best shot.
1: Now I know when we first started uh, interviewing together, time trialing wasn't exactly your favorite event or discipline uh, but you have really matured into a very good time trialist. How did you get selected for the ttt team
2: um yeah uh time trialing is not necessarily my um my strongest suit, just being a pretty small guy and most TTs, at least in America, tend to favor bigger, more powerful riders. But, um, yeah, I put a lot of time into it this year, refining my position and just getting smooth and stuff like that. And have been TTing pretty well all season. I've actually had some of my best results in time trials this year. So I think that's kind of how the team was chosen um, for, the, for the TTT just based off Kind of your individual time-trialing ability, and um, it's it's a different event. You also need to be strong and able to ride in a good in a good breakaway. So Danny was looking at at qualities like that.
1: And uh, tell us a little bit about Austin. That's fairly uh, new for you, isn't it?
2: Um. Yeah, I've been coming here in the off-season for the past uh, maybe five years or so. So this is kind of in my winter base, and, and last year kind of made the full-time move down here. So yeah, it's great. It's a little hot in the summer, but uh, we do a lot of racing at that time of year, so I'm never here for, for too long. But, yeah, it's been, it's been 100 degrees every day I've been back since Tour of Colorado. Oof. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and then uh, what do you do for the off-season? How do you stay in shape, keep your form without getting burnt out on cycling?
2: Um, yeah, you know, October is kind of the start of the off season. So don't really do anything in October. Basically take four to five weeks completely off the bike. Maybe start doing, I don't know, a little bit of running if I start to go crazy at some point during that period. And then yeah, after that, just kind of ease back into it with a couple hours a day in November and start doing a little bit more specific gym work and stuff like that, core exercises, and then by the time December rolls around, kind of back into the full swing of a 20-hour trip week and stuff.
1: Well, Gavin, yeah. I really uh, appreciate you taking the time to visit with us today. Uh been way too long since we've chatted with you, and I look forward to uh, checking in with you from the Tour of Alberta.
2: Cool, yeah, no problem. Um, I'll be sure to keep in touch.
1: Over the Top Cycling in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.
0: Hold up, what was that?